But we are back. This is Around the Rink. Obviously, if you're listening to this, you probably already knew that. But maybe this is your first time. So uh, today is Tuesday, August 29th. Uh, almost into hockey season. Not yet. Not quite yet. But uh, this is our 25th episode that we've been doing together uh, here on Twitter. Um, you can listen to us on podcast format. You can go back and listen to us on previous episodes on podcasts. Uh, wherever you listen to your podcast, just search for The Ice Garden. Um, and if you want to listen to them on Twitter, if that's a thing that you want to do in the Twitterverse, uh, you can just search for Around the Rink uh, with my uh, Twitter name, and you'll be able to find all the, the back episodes. Uh, welcome back, Allie Morris. How are you? I'm great. I'm having a margarita made by maybe our guest, but great. I. I heard there might be margaritas, and now I'm like, I heard this like this afternoon. I've been kind of, I mean, that's not really my drink, but like, I kind of got jealous. Like, um, sounds like you guys are having a good time. Allie is uniquely, we're having a unique show tonight. She's hanging out with our our special guest, Allie Thunstrom. Um, I don't know if I'm going to call you Allie One or Allie Two when I want to refer to you yet. I haven't figured that part out, but we'll figure it out as we go. Um, <laughs> uh, I want to say thanks to. Especially thanks to Mike Murphy. Yes, Mike, I write this down, so I remember to thank you uh, for supporting us, for letting us do cool stuff like this. Uh, thanks to everybody over at the Ice Garden. Thanks to everybody who supports the Ice Garden. Uh, it's been awesome to see the support that we've had. Mike mentioned a couple of days ago we had a lot of new subscribers, um, and that's great for us because that's kind of how we're going to survive now. Um, times have changed, just like they did with with a certain professional women's hockey league, things have changed. Things changed over at the ice garden. Um, if you don't know, we're independent now. Um, and it's always cool to kind of get that little notification that uh, I got paid for Mike Murphy that month. So um, thanks to him. Thanks to everybody at TIG. Thanks to everybody that supported the ice garden and continues to support us. And thank you, especially to Kelly, our producer who turns these around in really quick fashion and, uh, makes them available in podcast form. Easy for me to say. Um, it's awesome that we get to reach as many people as we can on different avenues. Everybody likes to, you know, do things a little bit differently. I, for me, if I was listening to this, when I do go back and listen to it, rather, I listen to it on Apple Music, on iTunes, or whatever it's called now. Uh, some people like Spotify. That's okay. You can listen to it on Spotify there too. Um, so that's awesome. Uh, before we get into the show and, and talking with Allie Dunstrom, uh, Allie Morris, uh, I think you want to, we want you to dedicate tonight's episode, correct? Yeah. Um, we've dedicated a couple episodes, um, to pets, but unfortunately this one, um, we're gonna dedicate to Jory Jones, who we lost about a week and a half ago, um, in a car accident, but, um, I won't say too much because I'll probably cry, but <laughs> um, just one of the greatest kids, like obviously a good goalie too, but 
always had a smile on her face. I hadn't seen her in a while and I just played against her in that D3 league like a month ago. And she was like, oh, hi. And like, just one of the best kids ever. So um, yeah, really sucks um, putting it lightly, but um, yeah, dedicated to her. Yeah. And, and uh, not just yourself, but a lot of the Minnesota hockey players, right? She had that connection with, with all of you, you, you all out there, right? Yeah, quite a bit of us. Uh, Other Al also coached her. Um, a lot of us were involved with her playing career, or her as a person in some fashion or another. Um, so, I mean, it sucks to lose any 19-year-old kid, but um, she really... Uh, I think held a special spot for a lot of us, just the kind of kid she was. Yeah. And anytime, you know, anytime something like this happens, uh, whether we know them or not, it's always a a tragic thing, especially at at a young age. Um, I know personally for myself, when, when things like this happen and it catches your attention, um, you always think, at least for myself, like I think back to, you know, how maybe fortunate I am that, that I, you know, I've made it this far in life. Like not everybody has that opportunity in their lives. And um, it, it makes you kind of, uh, at least for me, again, kind of sit back and, and take a moment to, to feel feel lucky in, in some kind of way. And um, just real, my heart goes out to you and, and everybody in the community. Uh, when the, the news kind of broke, it was like kind of at the end of the previous weekend, Right. And so we, we decided to kind of take last week off because I know it, it, how much it affected yourself and the community out there um, and the hockey community as well. So, um, you know, we kind of uh, wanted to just give us give everybody a little bit of time to just kind of breathe and absorb the news and, and everything. And um, with that being said, uh, this show is dedicated in, in their memory and um Hopefully her family finds some peace in some way uh, here in, in the, the coming days and months. It's, it's never easy to, to lose a loved one, as everybody can identify with. And that, that's one thing everybody in the world, uh, no matter where you're from, you, you can identify with each other. Uh, we've all been through grief and, and loss, especially with family members. So um, our thoughts are definitely with, with the family. Um, Having said that, uh, I have a special message first, and then we'll get into a couple of topics, and then we'll bring in our guest, who is probably just sitting there having a having a nice margarita alongside Allie, and, and uh, <laughs> Maybe. again, kind of a little bit jealous. I only got I got rocket fuel. I got Mountain Dew Mountain Dew here to kind of keep me awake. Uh, been a bit a little bit of a long day, but uh, first special message. Then we'll get into some big news. Hi. Taylor Kersey, and you're listening to Around the Rink with Allie Morse and Dan Rice on the Ice Garden Radio Network. Thank you, Taylor Kersey. That was pretty cool. I, I caught up with Taylor uh, last week, I think, a uh, week, week and a half ago, um, to put that get get that for me, and and uh, we had a we had a nice little uh, exchange of messages. Uh, and Taylor is going to uh, come on the show at some point in the near future. I uh, was, was really excited when I asked, so uh, I always love to, to hear that kind of response, and uh, we'll make it a priority to get Taylor on. But um, there was big news recently that kind of started last night, I guess, um, because as is always the case with, um, I don't know if it's just women's hockey, but it feels like it's women's hockey all the time that information leaks on 
social media and the internet first before it's actually announced. I guess it happens in other avenues as well. Um, we've kind of all in, in, uh, endured movie spoilers and that kind of stuff. So I guess it's kind of the same thing. Um, but there was big news last night and the announcement of the Professional Women's Hockey League. Another PW, but not the PW that you remember. Uh, we've gone back to the women's in the title of the league, which is something that was kind of a big deal when they went away from it a couple of years ago. So if you're kind of like a casual fan, it's probably a little confusing. Um, but it, nevertheless, that's, you know, a conversation for another day. We don't want to dilly-dally too much with that. But So they, the teams were announced officially today. Everything that leaked last night was accurate. Um, six teams. You know, they they really love uh, going that uh, copying the NHL kind of style way. They want to have their own original six. Um, the, the real, uh, personally, the, the, the big issue I have with first and foremost is a lot of the teams are placed in locations that you just had teams in. A few established, somewhat established teams in in your state's case, very established team. Uh, you had teams established already, and and now you've kind of, um, for lack of a better term, blown it all up, reduced it to, to ashes, and kind of building from the ground up in those same sort of locations again. Um, but that's that's just kind of my opinion. What what Ali Morris? What's your uh, take on on everything that kind of came out over the last day or so? Um, well, like you said, it was all kind of stuff that had been speculated upon. Um, I know it's not exactly what we had heard. We'll just say maybe last week as far as like locations and stuff, but, um, I'm just glad there's finally some stuff set in stone, I guess. And that there's a team in Minnesota and Boston, which at some point had been rumored there wouldn't be, which to me wouldn't make much sense. So I'm glad they are there. <laughs> yeah, that, that was the initial report that, that I heard and, and a lot of others heard was that the Minnesota and, and, and Boston, not just one or the other, but both uh, were not being considered initially. Um, but, and like you kind of said, things change from day to day, week to week. Um, another thing, you know, and we've talked about on this show before is the timeline of everything, like, it's a real rush job and it just feels like this could have been handled a lot differently. You could have let this season kind of play out and kind of go from there. Like I've said, you could have built around what was there already. Um, but they wanted to go like rage and, and however murder, murder, death, kill, whatever you, whatever you want to say, instead of kind of like assimilation. Um, but, uh, if, you not up on the news, you can go to the icegarden.com. You could read. Um, we have everybody recapping all, all the news. We had a couple of, I think we had two or three um, reporters in on the, the conference call today. Uh, that's another thing like, and I'll, I'll make this really brief. The majority of people who cover women's hockey, especially the previous league on a day in day out basis, like we were just like the players. And that's why I kind of, really took a liking to a lot of players because I can identify like I've, I've had the hustle too. Like I've had basically three jobs 
continually, you know, maybe not always the same job or the same location, but like I've, I've juggled jobs, multiple jobs for, you know, almost 20 years um, to do something that I love, which is write about hockey because it's not a well-paying job. And especially you keep breaking it down, you know, devils, women's hockey, like it's not the most, we're not talking about uh, soccer type audiences or or anything like that. So, um, you know, I could really identify with that, uh, that work ethic and kind of having two jobs and all that. And, um, it's not easy. And, and it, for me, it was like, these are easy people to root for too. Um, but, uh, we'll see, we'll see what happens with, with, with the new league and everything. It's just, they made this, these, these press conferences at like 11 AM and, and luckily the ice garden was able to get a couple of people at them, but, these are mainly they're they're trying to attract bigger fish. They want to attract the ESPNs and the sports nets and and it's great and they all talk about it today, but are they going to talk about it in the middle of the season when the NHL is, you know, the playoff race is coming down the stretch? Uh, how much airtime are these networks and these outlets going to are they going to have a dedicated reporter covering it or are they just going to have, you know, not to single anybody out. I don't want to put anybody's name out there, but ESPN reporter 1 you know, just show up and, and write these things, you know, when, when something momentous or, or, or there's a big game and um, it just, it's tough. I don't know where I'm going with this, but um, I'm going to show up now. Uh, if you're listening live and you haven't already, and you want to submit a question for our guest, Ali Dunstrom for myself or for Ali Morris, uh, now would be a great time to do that. We have actually a, a lot of questions. We have especially the Mike Murphy question. So that takes a little while. Um, but in all seriousness, uh, we have a lot of great questions tonight, including our own. Um, so I guess it's time to, I guess we'll go thunder, thunder. Um, all right. I think I'm going to say, I'm going to refer to Allie Morris as Allie, and we'll refer to Allie Thunstrom as Thundy uh, to, for when I try to ask each one of you kind of a question. Is that okay? Everybody kind of on the same page there? Allie Dunstrom, can you hear me? Thunder? I can hear you. Okay. So, welcome to the show. I heard you were, I heard through the grapevine, and it wasn't through Allie that you wanted to kind of come on one of our podcasts, so that's always kind of cool. Um, so, how have you been? What's, what have you been up to recently with the news of the league ending and, and possibly another league, like where, where have you kind of been at in, in this and, and how did you find out? Yeah, it's been, it's been a crazy few months to say the least. Um, and it's, it's kind of funny cause it didn't feel all that real until I think, you know, us finding out last night. And then of course the press release this morning that made it a whole lot more real. So it kind of felt like we were in this awkward in between of like what really happened and what's happening. But uh, I found out I was actually in Miami on a work trip when I found out about uh, what was going on with the PHF, got that, you know, 15 minute heads up. Hey, we're going to have a quick call, which I don't know. I, I tend to think on the more nervous side. So I was like, oh, gosh, what could this be? Um, luckily, Zach was there with me. So that helped out a lot with the news. Um and then it actually encouraged me to get on a little Cessna the next day and fly down the coast with um, 
a guy from work, one of our good friends, his son is a pilot. Uh, and so that, that terrified me a lot. But then when that news hit, I was like, well, I got nothing to lose. So might as well go for it. Uh, so that was one benefit that I guess came out of it. It, it got me to, to go up and have a really great experience looking down the coast of Florida. So that's kind of what I did. Kind of face, yeah. Got you to kind of face your fears a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, like, uh, that you had no no inkling that that this was on the horizon, right? Everybody, for the most part that I've talked to, other than one player, knew kind of like a day or two ahead. Um, but everybody else was kind of in the dark. Staff included, like you had no inkling that this was this was happening at such a rapid pace. No, not at all. Uh, if you would have asked me, you know, now obviously hindsight twenty twenty, but. I think leading up to that, I remember getting the text and I kind of like looked over at Zach and I was like, what could this be? And, you know, 15 different scenarios went through my head of what it might be. And that was not anywhere on that list. So it was it was very shocking. Um, But, you know, in in hindsight, I guess some signs were there, but it, it wasn't anything that I thought was happening anytime soon. That's for sure. Yeah, I mean, we, we all kind of hear news and, and or, or rumors, I guess, for lack of a better word, like or, or tidbits of like, oh, this might be happening or that. But this really came out of the blue and, and the timing of it, again, kind of with so many players being signed already, uh, you were kind of in a, in a weirder position than maybe some some other other players were um, like what was your current situation heading into the, the upcoming season? or proposed season, I guess that that's obviously not never going to happen now. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, We'll just say I had a couple irons in the fire that I was very close to figuring out um, before that happened, but it is what it is now. Okay. And so you hear about, you know, your league ends and we're going to build this one league because we've never had one league before, even though there was just one league kind of thing. Do you think like I want to be a part of this? Do you think like I'm done? Like, do you go through the the full spectrum of emotions of of being like kind of in despair or or like how how did you experience all that? Because and not just in the moment, like you said, you you kind of went you did the did something unique, but but yeah, you, ha- you have a, a few days to kind of to digest it and absorb it. Like, how, how do you where did, where did you end up? Uh, I mean, I think it's a it's a good question. I think if you ask anybody that knows me really well, they'd probably tell you I go through the whole gamut of those emotions after every game, uh, especially ones that I, I don't do so well. I question if, Confirm. Yeah, <laughs> question if, if this this should continue or if it's time. Um, I think Eleni could come in on this one, too, and confirm and for sure my parents and especially Zach. But uh yeah, I think it it hasn't changed the gamut of emotions for me a lot. It's it's always been like, you know, do I keep going? Do I still have it? Do I hang it up? Do I look at something else? Um, but at the end of the day, I still love hockey and I still want to be part of that growth for the next generations. And that's really what my end focus is, is looking at what that future looks like and how I can give back to you know, younger players, because when I grew up, uh, not to age myself too much, but when I grew up, there wasn't really girls hockey. And I didn't have somebody to look up to and 
see on the ice and playing and say, oh, that's what I want to be. You know, I was that kid in elementary and middle school that when they asked you, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I said, a professional hockey player, you know, half the people giggled at me like, oh, that'll never happen. Um, So I think that's really what my main goal in all of this is. And whatever that ends up looking like, we'll find out. But that's really what I want to do. I just want to add, I I notice a lot of people they apparently our live listeners can't hear us live, but you guys can, we can hear each other. Um, so we're just going to kind of keep rolling. And we have, like I said, a plethora of listener questions. I want to apologize to everybody. That's uh, if you're, you're listening to us recorded and you tried to listen to us live. Um, I'm extremely sorry that things worked out like that. Um, just to follow up uh, and Allie's going to take other, other Allie is going to take over. Um, <laughs> Uh, you mentioned you didn't have like any anybody to kind of look up to. Um, I found out this story today from uh, Casey Anderson, uh, former NWHL PHF player for I think six or seven seasons with the Connecticut Whale and then uh, the Metropolitan Riveters. Um, she told me today that uh, she partially wore number nine in college because of you, Allie Thunstrom. Um, and I was like, really? I was like, well, am I allowed to like mention this? And she said, yeah, of course. She said in high school, she always wore number five, but then in college it was taken and you were one of her favorite players when she was in high school, uh, saw you at the state tournament, uh, skated with her, uh, with Allie in Jenny Potter's summer training before she went to college. Uh, so she took number nine and, uh, her college colors were maroon and gold, just like BC where Allie was playing. So, um, so you were able to already before you even play professional, you were already able to, uh, inspire a younger generation. Oh, that makes my heart melt. And now that we played against each other, it feels like I'm very old, (laughs) but no, it, it really is at the end of the day. I mean, that's, that's what it's all about is, just hearing things like that and knowing that at some point you made a difference in, in someone's life to want to be you. Like my biggest, the person that I looked up to the most and wanted to emulate the most was Pavel Bure. And I loved everything about him. Um, and like, that's who I wanted to be. And it never crossed my mind in all of my youth years that that wouldn't be a reality. Cause I didn't understand you know, that only men played in the NHL or any of those things. So that's what I looked up to. And then as I got older, the reality kind of started to set in that maybe that wasn't in my future path. And that was kind of devastating to find out. But now here we are just a short few late years later, and there is professional women's hockey, and it is something that people can look to do and hopefully become an act, a full-time career someday. I'm going to add two two more things, and then Allie's going to take the wheel. Uh, you mentioned Pavel Bori. I would have I would have guessed Mike Madano because being a Minnesota kid, and the whole number nine thing, like and 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 I think I've told this to your your dad or your uncle, uh, but when watching you play, kind of reminds me of him when he was at like top speed, and uh, his jersey would be kind of flapping in the wind behind them, and and you have some of that that same similar skill asset. Um, which is kind of really neat, but um, Pavel Bury, that's that's really interesting. He was a f- phenomenal player. The Russian wow. Rocket. 
Yeah, yeah. He was, and he he was very, you know, uh, flamboyant, popular, um, in that kind of regard. And uh, I remember having his hockey card in. in um, he's wearing like rollerblades on the beach with like his brother, something really funky like that. Um, <laughs> strange. Um, all right, Ali, take it away. Sorry. All right. Well, <laughs> we're just gonna dive right in. Um, what was last season like with Boston? I know that was a familiar but new change of pace. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'd say, I mean, the experience overall was incredibly positive and I, I wouldn't trade anything, you know, for the world. I think the teammates that I had there became some of my, you know, best friends, Christina Putinia, uh, Kayla Friesen, you know, Demps, Gable, like the list goes on and on. From the step, second I stepped into the locker room, it, it felt like I'd been there for years. So, you know, I, I can't thank that team enough for being so welcoming to me and, and, you know, having my back at all times. We had a phenomenal season uh, from, from start to the very, very end. Uh, and it just was unfortunate the way it ended, you know, but the Whitecaps played tremendous series and and that's the way that things go sometimes but overall I think it was a really good experience for me to kind of do something different and really challenge myself from a growth perspective of being you know away from home again uh, I'm a very homebody type person my entire family lives within a 15 mile radius so uh, to, to branch out and and put myself in a new unfamiliar situation, I think was, you know, something that I needed personally. Um, but I, I think the overall experience was really good and the teammates that I had and the friends that I made, you know, I wouldn't trade that for anything. <laughs> Any good Paul Mara stories? Speaking of the people around you. Paul's a treat. He's great. Um, he he always kept it light and fun. Um, nothing super good that I can think of off the top of my head, but maybe it'll come to me by the end of it. We'll just jump right in if it does. <laughs> um, I have to ask you this question, hoping you tell the right story, but it's okay if you don't. Um, uh, what is your, your funniest training story? Oh, I know exactly what story. Um, so... With my job, I travel a, a fair amount, um, actually quite quite a lot. So I always have to figure out how to get my workouts in and, and make things work. And I'm usually really pretty decent at doing so. And luckily, um, thankful that I have a job that's very supportive of me so I can make that work as well. But we were in Orlando and uh, I was like, oh, I could make this Orange Theory class, which would be perfect. I'm going to do it. So I hopped in the Uber and we hit some traffic and I showed up and I was like five minutes late. And I didn't know at the time that Orange Theory has a rule that if you're not there at within like five minutes, you can't take class. So I'm like, well, now what do I do? Like, I, I just Ubered all the way here. I have to be at a dinner in like an hour and a half. So I asked them if they could give me what the treadmill part of the workout would be. And I would just do that running the two and a half, three miles that I had back to the hotel. So she's like, we don't really do that, but sure, here you go. So I'm like, all right, got it. So I start going and I'm, I'm 
doing this sprint workout and I passed a Starbucks and there wasn't a Starbucks near the hotel. So I was like, well, it clicked in my mind that I could maybe grab it and then just jog back with it to the hotel. So I did. <laughs> Al is a certified coffee fiend for anyone that doesn't know. So I just, you know, moseyed in, grabbed my Starbucks and I continued my running workout. Well, unfortunately on this day, they didn't have a flat lid. So for my coffee drinkers, you'll know what I'm saying. They only had a domed one. So that had the big hole in the top, like what you'd put like whipped cream and stuff in. So here I am trying to like jog down the road or more or less sprint. And it's just like plopping over the side. So I'm going to power through. We're going to get there. So I finish my <laughs> jog run. People are staring at me everywhere that I pass. Of course, it couldn't be in like a, you know, a quiet area. It's there's hotels and restaurants this entire two and a half mile way back. And I'm like, nope, we're going to get through. So I think I'll be able to sneak into the hotel and just like go to my room and shower like none of this happened. And I walk in nope. and there are 15 people from work, like right in the doorway. And I am not exaggerating when I say that my arm and the front of my shirt were covered in coffee. And they're like, what exactly did you just do? And I was like, well, I was trying to jog and carry coffee. And to me, in my mind, it seemed like it all made sense. And I realized at that moment that maybe other people did not think the same way. So I did get to drink half of the coffee. So that was good. But and I finished the run all in all. I mean, it just didn't quite work out the way that I envisioned it. You just had half a coffee on you and, and yeah. half inside. Yeah. Of you. So in theory, I got 100% of the coffee. It was just only 50% I got to drink. But I did I did get all of it. Uh, that's, that's a pretty good, pretty good story. Yeah, it just, it was very uh, unfortunate timing. Like, if, if I could, if I were an artist and I could, like, tell you what their faces were when I walked through the door, I don't, it just, it doesn't give justice to the experience at that moment in time. I still hear about it to this day, every time. There's, there's probably an emoji for that, because there's an emoji for I, I'm sure there is, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, for those that don't know, you're you're a, not only a great hockey player, but you're a fantastic speed skater, like Olympic level speed skater, um, and you also play softball, right? Like I, I know you're you're you do that a lot. You've been doing that this summer too. I have. Um, yeah, I play on a, a softball team all summer. We we travel all around the country playing in tournaments. Um, I took a little bit of a step back this year, but. I, I definitely still have been doing a lot of that this summer. Keeps me in shape. So when like your the name of your game is is kind of like anybody that's watched you play is like speed. Like everybody loves to talk about how fast you are. We all want you to do the fastest skater competition, which players never really want to do. Um, like and again the the speed skating, you're like an Olympic level speed skater. Um, like when do you figure out like Oh, wow, I'm really fast, or like I'm I'm faster than every, everybody else. Like, when does it kind of click for you? Was it like a certain point, or was it just kind of like an evolution? Uh, I mean, I, I still don't feel like I'm very fast, so I don't know. Maybe that's 
maybe that's just me. But I think people always ask, like, how did you get fast? And for me, it was more... So I have two older brothers and as most siblings are, you want to, you know, do things that your older siblings are doing and be part of stuff. And, um, as older brothers are, they didn't want their little sister, you know, hanging around with them. And so when they'd go to the park and play with their friends, it was like, well, if you can keep up, then sure you can stay. And so that was just where it all started was I wanted to keep up with my brothers so that I could go to the park with them and play. And then that's just kind of, where it started and I fell in love with it. And I remember doing um, this camp with Andre Blue and he would always yell, move your butt, move your butt. And uh, it feels <laughs> like ingrained in my brain. But so my parents signed both or so two of me and one of my brothers played out and then the other brother was a goalie. So they signed both me and my other skater brother up for the Andre Blue class, and he didn't want any part of it. So I went to both of them, um, and I just loved it. And so that's kind of where, like, it started, and I think I just had a passion for skating and doing that. But it's funny. A lot of people think I speed skated my whole life, but I didn't do that until after college. So that was just... My, I was kind of, you know, trying to figure out what to do. You know, this was in between. There wasn't a professional league. I graduated and was just kind of like trying to find my way. And my mom was like, I think you should try speed skating. And nothing about that sounded like something I wanted to do, like a full hour of no puck practice. Like that just wasn't something that, Boring. yeah, it just did not seem appealing to me at all. And so she just kind of kept, you know, like moms do just saying like, I really think you should do it. And eventually she just signed me up and, you know, you can't say no to mom. So I showed up and tried it out and tried the skates and I was like, Oh, like this is kind of interesting. And so I signed up for a camp and this is turning into a story you didn't ask for, but uh, <laughs> it's okay. So I signed up for a camp and I called ahead and I was like, am I going to be out of place? Like I'm 23 years old. Am I going to be out of place? And they're like, no, like we have all ages, like you're fine, whatever. I was very out of place. Um, you'll be, you'll be with the giraffes. In yeah. The so it was me. And then like, we had, you know, an hour each day of arts and crafts. So like, I was not, I was not amongst the group. And I was bad. I was really bad. Uh, so in speed skating, when you typically see people fall, it's usually in the corners, like they're getting too low and then maybe they lose an edge. I was full on face planning in the middle of the straightaway, like hard. And little kids were skating around me like, mom, like what's wrong with her? It was <laughs> so embarrassing. So I don't really know how I stuck with it, but you know, here we are. It was, it ended up being a really awesome journey and experience uh, getting to compete in Olympic trials and, and do all of those things. But it certainly didn't start out very swimmingly. And you missed the Olympics by, by like fraction of a second or something like that. Right? I think it was around half a second, but yeah, it was lead going into Olympic trials I think the projections were a little bit higher for me. And then um, I kind of went a little too hard in my thousand meter race two days prior to the 500. 
Um, so I didn't fare as well as I was anticipated to, but it was still pretty close. Okay. Um, you have any good Jack Broad stories? I know you know Jack <laughs> for a long time. I'm, I know he's a character. <laughs> Jack uh, is amazing. Any, any, yeah. Any family, family friendly? I mean, you can curse. I've cursed. <laughs> you know, but, um, uh, Jack is a riot. I, me and Al were just kind of talking about some Jack stories. I think some of the good ones that I think anybody will laugh at is Jack tells it like it is. Like, let me preface. Jack cares about people more than anybody. Like, that man would take a bullet for me a hundred percent. Like he is, I still talk to him very frequently. Like he's an amazing guy just all around, but he also doesn't sugarcoat things. So this was pre us joining at the time, the NWHL. And I don't remember who we were playing against, but it wasn't going super well. And he came in the locker room to one of the girls on the team. And he's like, listen, first you need to get good and then you need to get better. And the whole locker room just died. Like it was just so on brand for Jack. Um, another one that it, I, you probably have to know Jack to think this one's funny, but I got a kick out of it. We were in a hotel somewhere and, and Jack was using the speak to text and he was trying to I've heard some of yeah and he was trying to talk to Pizon and for everybody that knows Pizon P E Z O N and so he had it spelt out P E A S space on is how he got the phone to to get to Pizon it I was just hilarious <laughs> um and then I think this one's more funny to me but I think people will giggle at it too so he remembers everything like you could ask him about a game from 20 years ago he will tell you who scored how they scored how we gave up goals like he knows every single play so you got to be on your best behavior at all times so it was maybe like the first year that I played on the Whitecaps and I'm not going to give myself any defensive credit here but I didn't, I didn't play my point very well. We'll just go with that. And they ended up scoring. The game may have been 11 to one us at the time, but it doesn't matter. I did not play my point well. I think I like flew the zone too early and my point ended up scoring. I did not live that down. Still to this day have not lived that down. And so there was a game. It was the year we won the Isbell Cup. I was standing on the bench directly in front of him and their point scored just like that. It happened. And he goes, Allie, God dang it. I told you not to let that happen again. And you know, he kind of was going on his tangent and I turned around and I'm like, Jack, I'm not even on the ice. And he's like, Oh, I just thought you had to be for that. I mean, that's the same play. And I was like, Jack, that was 20 years ago. Like, give me a but it's it's always in good fun, but he's he's a character. So uh, I kind of, for people who listened before, you know that like I I usually share my you know our our scripts with Allie um, Morse, so we can kind of stay on the same page, and we're we're kind of in the unique position tonight where Allie Dunstrom is sitting right next to Allie Morse, so she had a little bit of a sneak peek at kind of what we're going through. 
uh, the way I have things uh, run down. Uh, I wanted to get into Lake Placid because um, when the NWHL, I think it was the NWHL at that time still, yeah. when when you went to Lake Placid, it was like, you know, obviously it was during COVID, it was all this going on. And one of the things that like really annoyed me was at the end of it, uh, I don't know if it was the commissioner or, or who it was that said like, oh, it was a, it was a success. And I was like really angry because like people got sick and, and Jack was one of them, right? And Jack was yes. not the person so like that's like the you know the the typical age group that can succumb to uh, a sickness like that um and he got sick and and i heard like he kind of wanted to just drive himself home is that accurate yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah you're bringing up really good memes um there's some secrets from that bubble that i learned no should i what secrets that i did test for people (laughs) no Um, that league doesn't exist anymore. Oh uh, yeah, you're right. Oh, that's right. Um, no, but <laughs> um, so we'll just say that because we were worried about Jack, um, I may or may not have learned how to give a COVID test, um, and so I tested Jack every day to just so that we like would know at very first draw if that were something that were happening. Um, but he did ultimately get sick, and then uh, we coordinated to have his son fly into, I want to say, Albany. It wasn't mm-hmm. to Lake Placid, but I think it was to Albany, and then rented a car, and he and Jack drove back to Minnesota um, on that. Yeah, I, I heard, I remember hearing bits and pieces of the story, and I was like, this guy is like epic. Like, he wants to just, he's like, fuck it, I'm just going to take myself home <laughs> like we're like, waiting for this this league sponsored bus or whatever bullshit like i'm fucking going home I'm done with this shit and uh it was just you know we can do a whole nother podcast on on the follies from that and and all that season but so you personally like you were going through a lot too like you were coming off an injury right and you were coming off a, a medical yeah. uh issue with your your heart but uh you were kind enough to to allow me to tell that story. I think I was still writing for the hockey writers. Um, but uh, like tell people in a kind of condensed version of what, what everything, what, what that, you know, two weeks was like. Um, and like I said, confirmed earlier when, when you say like um, you're, you're your hardest critic, like you had some amazing games and you're like, I'm, I'm horrible. Like I'm probably going to retire. And I'm like, are you out of your mind? Like, and you just had like three points or nine shots or, or whatever. Uh, but what was that whole Lake Placid experience like for you? Yeah, I mean, it was really hard uh, for a lot of reasons. Um, you know, I think the two things that you touched on for sure made it the hardest. Like coming back from my heart ablation and everything that went on with that, it was, it's hard to explain. Um, and I still like have periods of time where, somebody brought it up the other day and I was like, Oh my gosh, like that, that happened to me. Like, that's really bizarre. Um, cause I think I just try to forget about it, but it was really scary for a long time. And I know like, obviously you wrote that amazing article. And I think that really di- dove into a lot of what went on during that, but it was, you know, a lot of it. So when it happened in July and I ended up having the surgery, and the complications that kind of resulted from it, it was 
I didn't know if I'd ever play a competitive sport again. Like it was very nerve wracking to get my heart rate above anything more than like what occurs when you walk up a flight of stairs. Um, and then when months later, so like my mom had had COVID in May, that May prior, and there was nothing that anybody knew about COVID at the time or what, you know, long COVID could look like or how it can affect the body, anything. And so months after even I had the surgery, which I had known I had an arrhythmia for a little bit of time at that point anyways, but then months later, my mom had had a heart issue. And at that point there was a lot more research and they said, this is from COVID and it's causing this. So it was kind of like combined in that regard of coming back competitively and, and getting my heart rate to those levels and, and finding comfort and knowing that I was okay. And that, you know, the next breath wasn't going to be a scary one. Um, adding in the piece that knowing that COVID could have an impact on the rhythm of my heart uh, made it just another amplification of things that I was concerned about. And so as players and coaches and stuff started to get infected with it, it was, it was kind of like that catch 22 where I'm like, I'm super competitive and I want to be out there and give it my all. But now I'm kind of nervous because if I get COVID, am I going to have more heart issues? I don't know. There were just so many unknowns. And then, you know, I had the knee injury and let me tell you, I don't wish a knee injury on anybody. That's just not fun at all. So I'm still in a brace, like trying to get the most out of each stride and was coming off, you know, a really solid season. So I felt like I had so many expectations on me and then I'm dealing with, you know, all of that. And I just didn't feel like I was performing at the level that I should be or that I wanted to be. And, you know, you can, you could tell me everything from, you know, you're making a difference in this way or this way. And it, it just, it, nothing felt like I was what I should be doing or what I wanted to be doing. And it was just really draining from that perspective, but we were doing so well. So it was like, here's, yeah. Audra was, yeah. Audra was balling out. Yeah. Like. And, and that's the thing. Like that was the beauty of our team is I could be playing the worst of my career and we're still winning. And that's what mattered. So that, that took a lot of pressure off, um, at least from uh, at, uh, one standpoint. Um, and it was awesome that our team was doing as well as we were. And, and as a team, we had a really good time being a group together. And there's a lot of memories that, you know, will stay with us forever that we experienced in Lake Placid. But it was definitely a, a really trying time from multiple perspectives. <laughs> Did you did you ever have a moment where you were like, is it is this even worth it? Like like you know, like you mentioned everything with your heart and everybody's getting sick. Like did you ever like just say like, what am I even doing here? Like like I need to kind of you know kind of look out for myself. Like not just play hockey, right? I mean, you would think that, uh, but shockingly, I don't I don't ever recall well in the moment ever thinking that way. It was like. I'll do whatever I need to do to keep us and myself away from it. So like, you know, at the beginning we would open our doors and like sit in our doorways and talk to each other down the hallway to like have some interaction. Um, and 
then as people started getting sick or whatever, we really stayed into the rooms, which was lonely. And you found other ways to, to communicate, whether it was like FaceTime or whatever. But I think it was more finding those different things, like how we could still stay safe, but we still wanted to play. So in the moment, I don't recall ever being like, I want to go home. Hindsight, knowing how quickly things spread, like there wasn't anything. Once it started, there was probably nothing we could have done. Um, but we were willing to do whatever we needed to try to isolate and keep it going. If it was. Yeah. It was quite the, <laughs> quite the time. Uh, I wanted to, uh, while, while we're, as we transition off of Lake Placid, if anybody listening uh, has any any of the footage from Lake Placid, uh, please reach out to me because uh, specifically the Riveters game that Tara Hoffman played in. Uh, friend of mine, she's looking for 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 the footage, and it's not it, none of those games are on Twitch anymore. Um, so there's really no like video. I, I reached out to a couple of other people to see if there's like maybe a file or something like that um, that somebody with the league might have had. Um, but if anybody knows of anything, please reach out to me. Slide into the, the DMs and uh, uh, let me know. Um, all right. I think we're going to get to our listener questions because we're almost – we got like 10 minutes before we hit an hour here. Um, unfortunately, again, if you're listening to this, you're probably now listening to it as it's being recorded uh, because we've other people people haven't been able to hear us. Up, um, so we apologize uh, as much as we can, there's nothing, as long as you can hear me and I can hear you, we have to kind of keep rolling and, and not stop and start. But um, uh, as I get into the listener questions, Allie, do you have anything you want to ask Sunday before we, we continue? You know what? Not at the moment. Not at the moment. I don't think. <laughs> Usually, a lot of times I'll, I'll ask Allie to like, hey, do you have anything you want to add? And, and you always seem like you're completely caught off guard. Uh, but that time you didn't seem completely caught off guard. So that was great. Progress. <laughs> Progress. Hey, and we didn't have to have any issues with, with being able to hear the guests, to having them mute themselves or unmute themselves. This was. Except nobody can hear us. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we could never do that again. You know, and I'm wondering, like, I, I didn't update mine yet. Like, I'm still in the Twitterverse. Um, I'm not in the Xverse. So maybe that's it. Maybe, maybe I'll have to relent and, and actually uh, update it. Maybe, maybe that'll be, maybe that's one of the things. But um, all right, we'll get into these questions. Um, thanks to everybody who submitted questions. Uh, we appreciate you so much. Uh, we'll start with uh, Steph Rennie Ministrone asks, have you ever asked what a goalie is thinking when you're coming in hot after a breakaway? If not, give us your best guess. So that's funny because I was just with Amanda Levier uh, and I was shooting on one of her goalies that she's training and this exact topic of conversation came up. And this is Ooh. Lev's favorite thing to do when I come shoot on one of her goalies is at the end for a game she'll we'll start at center ice and she'll just chuck a puck somewhere towards the zone and then I have to go full speed and essentially go on a breakaway and she just eats it up um so 
according to her, she just says it's like it's coming so fast that you don't really know what to do, um, which having that knowledge, I should try to score a lot more than I do because I think I feel the same way coming in that I don't know what to do. So both of us are at this impasse, but that's what she said. So I don't know. Um, but she just said, you, you feel like you're out on your angle. And then all of a sudden I'm there and she just has to make a reaction. So she always makes me do that to her goalies. Okay. That's interesting. Uh, I'm glad that you brought up Lev. I wanted to ask, and, and I, I thought I wrote it down, but apparently I didn't. Um, bad, bad job by me. I'm going to be fine myself, but, um, what was it like this season? Obviously you've, you've practiced against Lev and, and all of your former Minnesota Whitecaps teammates. <laughs> what was it like playing against them and, and kind of it, you know, it was kind of like you against all, all your friends kind of, right? Like, yeah, it, I really didn't like it. Um, I, it's, I don't know. This goes back to what we've already talked about with me and my, how I think of things. Um, I overthink it so much. Cause I'm like, you're right. I have shot on Lev so many times practices, even like I would go to her goalie sessions and be one of her shooters. Like I have shot on Lev enough times that you would think it would just come second nature to know what to do. But I feel like it's the opposite. Cause I'm like, <laughs> all I think of when I think of Lev and even like the rest of the team too, is, I know how good they are. And so I just think like, well, they also know what my tendencies are. So I should do something different so that they don't guess what I'm doing. And then it just becomes this whole train wreck inside my brain. And I just really didn't enjoy it at all. We, we call that Jedi mind tricks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I do that a lot to myself. It turns out I got to work on that. And, and the D too, right? You've gone against Boulier and, and Baldy and, and Patty Marshall. Like you went against them, you know, a billion times in practices. Yeah. yeah. That's the thing. It's like you, you try to think of, you know, it's, it all comes down to overthinking and I am the queen of overthinking uh, in every situation of life. But it, it is exactly that. It's like, what would Patty expect me to do at this time rather than why not just like any other game, just play it as it comes. And, you know, we, we act like we have a ton of time to think, but things happen so fast, but that is really at the end of the day, what a lot of the time I felt like I was catching myself, like overthinking what to do in certain situations. If I, you know, came up on love, what should I do in that? Where you just got to forget about it all and just play and be you and, and that's what's most important. But it, it does make it difficult when you've played for so long with people. Like, I, you just overthink it a lot at the end of the day. That I, I don't want to get too much into the playoffs, but that handshake, handshake line stunk? Or, or was there a hand? Yeah, there was a handshake line, right? Uh, yeah. That, that had to be, like, the worst, right? No, I think, I mean, if you would have asked me – before the season started, like if I told you that six months from now you were going to be Boston is going to be the number one team going into playoffs and you're going to lose to the Whitecaps in playoffs, like how does that make you feel? Um, the response would have been a lot different than I think I actually felt in the moment. Um, 
it was, I, I think everybody in the Whitecaps organization at the time was nothing but, you know, complimentary and very caring at that time. Like, you know, like you said, these are a lot of some of my best friends and, you know, there were a lot of hugs and some tears and it was comforting more than anything. Like deep down, I was really mad and upset that that happened. But I think in the moment, it was also just like, I have to tip my cap. You know, they played a great series and I'm not going to, you know, be a, a baby about it. Um, but they were, they were very gracious winners. Um, and it was, you know, again, they're your best friends comforting you at a, a lower point. So that's kind of what it was like. Okay. I, I don't think we would have got the same kind of answer if, if I asked you a month ago or a month after the game or anything like that. But I think now that you've kind of had, had time to let it breathe, it's, it's a little, I, I would have never asked that question anyway, but um, I feel, feel like I had enough leeway to ask that question now because it is yeah, so I mean, it was removed. devastating for sure, but you know, it is what it is. And the, the, none of those teams exist anymore. Anyway, it's all, Nothing. We don't, we're talking about like made up stuff. Um, all right. We're going to keep rolling with the, the fan questions. Thanks to everybody again who submitted. Uh, Steph also asked, what is your preferred soft drink? Uh, so lately I've gotten into Olipops and I am really obsessed with the cream soda and the grape flavor. But beyond that, I don't do a lot of soda. Um, if I did on like a rare occasion, it'd be like a Sprite or a Sprite Zero. Um, or on a very rare occasion, a McDonald's Coke is fountain soda. There you go. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. We we already know we've heard you're a latte fiend. So, um, Uh, yeah. Cold brew, cold brew. And, uh, Allie, how's that margarita? How does she, how does she, is she a good margarita maker? She is. And although she is the cold brew fiend, she did also make me uh, shake an espresso before the margarita. So I've been very spoiled today. You're getting the full treatment. I am. Uh, Steph also asked, uh, asking this one again, because it's fun. What if, uh, would you prefer to play an entire game in figure skates or would you rather be the goalie? I would 100% rather be the goalie. And I know this is supposed to be just a quick, like, answer the question. Um, but it actually brings up, and Allie got involved in this as well, uh, like five years ago or something, we played in this just fun tournament called the Walleye Chop. And long story short, we were in, like, the second period of a game, and our goalie broke her collarbone. And we didn't have a backup. So I took her equipment off and put it on and finished the game and the team we were playing against had like peas on and some other like <laughs> older white caps on it. And yeah, we just like stripped her down and I put the pads on and we, we finished out the game and then we called Allie to come for our next one. <laughs> so I would definitely prefer to be the goalie. Okay. All right. Uh, Mike Murphy asks, uh, what goes through your head on a breakaway for both alleys? Uh, Allie, Dundee, you already kind of answered. Allie Morris, what goes through your head on a breakaway? Um, well, it definitely depends on who it is, but I'm going to say I'm weird, but I guess that's kind of redundant as I'm a goalie, so sure. Um, but I really like breakaways. They're like one of my weirdly favorite things. Um, 
so it's mostly like a bring it on type mentality. Um, I did also, it's very hard stopping Al on a breakaway, but when you do it a hundred, I don't stop her a hundred times in practice, but when you see a (laughs) hundred breakaways from Al in a practice, you get a little practice, but I did stop Marie Philippe Poulin on a breakaway in college. Um, she didn't even actually get a shot. I poke checked it from her. So, um, you know, it's more of a, okay, let's go kind of mentality. Uh, that's, that's one of your, your, uh, pat yourself on the back moments. Like take that to the bank. Like uh, I would like, drop the equipment. Like I'm done. I don't need to play no more. I just stop. <laughs> just it. walk off the ice. Yeah, just leave. Yeah. It was at Walter Brown. It was, Oh, chef's kiss moment. Would have been such a scene. Like everybody would find out about that. Like, I mean, I guarantee you we didn't win the game, See? but that's what I remember from the game. <laughs> uh, Mike also asks, how many pairs of socks, excluding hockey socks, does one need? I am obsessed with socks. I love, love socks. So for me, an infinite amount. Um, but <laughs> if I have to buy said socks, then we have to limit that quantity because <laughs> I'm really frugal. So, yeah, that's her. But I love socks. I, I love, love them. Your uh, ankle sock or like the high top socks, uh, like the the training socks. Like how do how do you roll? Um, like my day to day, I do more like ankle. I don't love the no shows. I'd rather you know that I have socks on. <laughs> um, but for like training and softball, I can. I like to wear kind of the, not the really high, but like the mid calf crew sock, like a Nike sock. Okay. That, and that's what I usually wear for skating. I can't do ankle socks in my skates. I know a lot of people do, but that that's not, not for me. That's crazy. Uh, are you one of those players who wears a, a Apple watch, uh, whatever it's called yes. while you're playing? Yes. Obsessed. Like, you, you don't think you, you're not getting enough steps elsewhere. You need to count them while you're on the ice <laughs> and, and risk that thing getting shattered. A hundred percent. I need to know what, <laughs> what I'm doing, but I think the other side of it for me is it's nice to be able to see my heart rate. So if okay. I, am fair, like, fair. yeah, if I am like, you know, there, there's been times where I feel off and I'll look and my heart rate won't be where it typically is. And I'm like, okay, that's something to, I guess, keep an eye on. But that part helps. Um, Cause every now and then my mind plays tricks on me. Not that you would guess that. And <laughs> it's nice to be able to look down and be like, okay, everything is where it is supposed to be. Everything, so me a everything is cool. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That's, I, that's probably the best answer anybody's ever given me with, and, and you have the, the, the most important reason to, to have it on. So shame on me for asking that. <laughs> um, back to Mike Murphy. Mike asks, what goes on your favorite pizza? Uh, I do love to make a homemade pizza and I have to give the biggest shout out to the Packers, Anya and Madison, because they have a pizza oven and Anya makes her own dough and it's the best pizza I've ever had in my life um but in my own little kitchen I like to put Canadian bacon and peppers and cheese so I'm pretty plain um but those are my go-to toppings 
Okay. Allie? Um, I'm going to stick with the Canadian bacon theme. I am a pineapple on pizza person. Ugh. I started to bait. Um, but when Brennan and I get a pizza, it's a, you know, typical Hawaiian, you know, Canadian bacon with pineapple. But we also add Italian sausage onto it. Oh, you got to add, though, the hot honey. Oh, hot yes. honey is so good. Yes. And the candied jalapenos. Ooh. But sometimes a little hot, a little hotter than I'd like them to be. But they add a little kick to your pizza, too. For somebody like myself who's never been to the Midwest of Minnesota, is there, like, uh, local pizzerias in addition to Domino's, Papa John's, those kind of things where you guys live? So one of them is called Chanticleer. Um, they're kind of a, in the north suburbs of the Twin Cities. Um, they have some pretty fun pizzas like the frickle pickle and and stuff like that um but that's that's one that if we do order a pizza and don't make it we'll probably get it from chanticleer over something else okay again i don't know i don't know what it's like uh in different places i know like where i grew up in new york city there's like a pizzeria on like every third block so yeah you guys are famous for pizza (laughs) yeah sort of and then, like, where I live now, like, in New Jersey, I, I can't stand the pizza out here. So I, I very rarely have it unless unless I get, like, some kind of frozen thing. But uh, that's neither here nor there. Uh, which Whitecaps player would do the best at hockey trivia night? Oh, boy. Um, I who's feel ner- like... Who's the nerdiest Whitecap? <laughs> who's the what? Nerdiest. Who's, who's the hockey nerdiest Whitecap? Oh, gosh. Lev, I feel like, would do really well. I feel like she knows a lot and pays attention to a lot of hockey. To be fair, I've brought her to trivia night before, and by I've brought, we've had like goalie trivia nights, and she's oh. not very good. Oh shoot! <laughs> but I don't know if it was a hockey trivia night that would make it any better. If it was women's hockey trivia, for sure, Winnie. Oh god, yes. she's she would know everything. Right. Um, I, I feel like Lev just kind of got thrown under the bus here, but we'll we'll keep going. <laughs> Sorry, love. <laughs> Allie was like, no, nah, I think she, no, nah, no, nah, no, nah, no. Nah. <laughs> I'm here to confirm kidding. that with that go well. Uh, Mike Murphy also asked, what cereal can you eat like a bag of chips? Oh, so all, a lot of them. I, lo- I love cereal. Um, Fruit Loops, for sure. Who can't eat Fruit Loops? You could pick the marshmallows out of Lucky Charms. Oh, yeah, that's all you need. It should just be all marshmallows. Uh, I do like to get handfuls of life cereal. And then uh, coming up in fourth place would be Captain Crunch, I think. Okay. I think Allie and I, we've talked about this. Well, we talked about putting cereal in, in the Isabel cup, I think, right? Like, yes. Oh, that would be delicious. I think I did that. I think I did Fruit Loops. Yeah, I, I, think, I, I think I was saying I would have done Crunch Berries. That, that's what yep. I uh, yeah. That's good. That's Michael. a good. One. See, I love Captain Crunch, but then it gets you that film on the top of your mouth, so I can't, you know. Yeah, you know, yeah. Just a lot. Uh, Eleni asks, uh, "You're allowed to take three former teammates from any team with you to try and hike the Appalachian Trail. Who do you bring and why?" So, <laughs> this is problematic from the fact that I'm on the Appalachian Trail because I, I would be. I just, I shouldn't, I shouldn't be on the trail. Um, <laughs> Let's just say for this argument's sake, <laughs> for this argument's sake, I need to have, you know, 
bathroom stops every so often. <laughs> um, but uh, this is really hard. I would for sure. Is, is it just Whitecaps or it's anybody? It says uh, former teammates from any team. Okay. So I would for sure have to go with Caitlin Hogan. Um, we go way back. She was my high school and youth line mate. Uh, we're still best friends to this day. So for sure she's coming. And then from there, I, I can't think of anybody that's a hiker. So I feel like, I feel like Barnsey would, you know, she would be resourceful. So that might be a, a good one. And she'd keep it light and be a lot of jokes. Um, Al would for sure keep it light too, but I, <laughs> she just said she doesn't like hiking. So that's out. Um, Audra, I feel like would be resourceful and she can be more outdoorsy. Uh, she has a cabin, so I know she's been in the woods before at least. Okay. Um, and then the last one, oh my gosh, I don't know. I still don't think we'd make it like a hundred yards, <laughs> but <laughs> I don't know. Winnie just went on a trip to the boundary waters. So we're still finding out if she made it back alive. She's alive. <laughs> So I guess she might have to be my last one because it TBD. seems like she at least knows what's up. Okay. Uh, Jeff asks, goose or gray duck? Gray duck, 100%. Duck, duck, gray duck, because then I don't want to hear any of the arguments about goose because when you do duck, duck, gray duck, you can change it around and be like duck, duck, purple duck, and you can trick people. So it, it's always gray duck, 100%. Okay. I'm assuming, Allie, you have the same answer. If you haven't seen my pinned tweet of my goalie pads, <laughs> this will answer your question. There 100% you go. Gray Duck. If, if you want the answer to this question and you're listening live, or not listening live because not many people are, go find Allie Morse on Twitter or the Xverse or whatever we're calling it this week, at Allie Morse, A-L-L-I-E-M-O-R-S-E. Uh, Jeff also asks, if they tank the Whitecaps name, how long before they give up on the fight to not sell Whitecaps gear anyway? Saying like the Minnesota Wild kind of sell North Stars gear. Um, I think we are a Minnesota treasure. So I'm going to say we're going to be like the North Stars and it's just going to live on. But in, in all seriousness, um, there is the Junior Whitecaps program that you know, Winnie has started and Winnie and Jack in conjunction with starting the Whitecaps in 2004. So I think just on that purpose, the, the junior Whitecaps will live on um, for a long time. Um, and I think just the, the cool history of where the Whitecaps actually started in 2004 will help that legacy uh, hopefully continue on and potentially merchandise be sold from it for many, many years down the road. Uh, real quick, have you guys, I know you guys kind of, a lot of you get together and play over the summer. You played in the, the, the Selly League, right? Uh, mm -hmm. You ever talk about like having a, a reunion game, like a Whitecaps kind of reunion kind of thing? <laughs> we talk about that a lot. <laughs> um, we, we've done a, a lot of different things over the years uh, to, to get us all on the ice together and do things. Um, we actually just last week, John and I played in a game against all of the goalies. They played out as skaters. So, I mean, oh. I, wanted to... I scored a goal. She did. That is true. Oh. Yeah. But I think we, we keep our group chat alive. Um, we just had a uh, 
Whitecaps party a few months ago, because actually kind of a fun story. Um, Adam, who Adam Miller, who has been part of the Whitecaps organization since inception, he's kind of been our equipment manager, helps on game day operations. Um, he had colorectal cancer and went into remission. So we had kind of a, uh, a Whitecaps party a few months ago. And I think there was just under a hundred people of former Whitecaps players through 2004 to present. And we all, we all keep in touch. So that certainly isn't off the table for a, a reunion game of sorts. Might need more than two teams though. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I asked kind of, and, and I'll just touch on it quick and move on. Cause we've been going for a while now. I just looked at the time. Um, I had dinner with Allie's cousin, Rebecca Morse. Uh, a lot of people know her as Moose. Uh, last week, and she was kind of asking uh, about maybe getting a, a reunion game going on around here next summer with uh, whoever wants to show up, you know, just to kind of um, whether we do it for, for some kind of charity or, or just to for, for the fans, like um, because the reality is a lot of players have kind of moved on with their lives or careers, and um, and I, I think it would do all right. It would be kind of cool to do and, and see a lot of people. That's the that's the, the kind of, uh, again, sad part, as we've said on a couple of shows, um, not knowing when I'm going to see uh, Allie Dunstrom again. Um, you know, it, I don't know what what my future is either covering, covering the sport. So uh, we'll see. That's all kind of stuff to be figured out down the road. But uh, we'll get back to the questions. Uh, Jedi asked Jedi twenty eight fifteen. Excuse me. Asked who's tougher to score on, Lev or Allie? Oh, they're I mean, both difficult <laughs> to score in their own ways. Um, you better say it, Allie. She's sitting right there. I mean, no, she. Told I told me, her she yeah. can be brutally honest, and I won't be offended. Yeah, it really depends on the moment. Like when she said she stopped me on a hundred breakaways, she's not wrong. Uh, so I don't know, but I will say I've never had to play against Allie in a live game situation. That's like not I, true. Not Sally like this Lee. year. Okay. That doesn't count. <laughs> yeah. Liar. That, and I didn't score there either. So that's <laughs> but, <I heard. laughs> but yeah, but having to play against Lev this year, six times, I did not enjoy any of them. Not so, fun. no, not fun at all. So, definitely they're both hard to score on in their own way. But in my most recent PHF experience being on the opposite team, I didn't like that. Okay. Uh, Jedi all, Jedi 2815, excuse me, also asks, uh, thoughts and emotions when this happened? For those who don't remember, Boston was undefeated at the time. I believe this was right before COVID, right? Like before everything kind of shut down, you guys beat Boston in the regular season uh, and their their unbeaten streak, correct? Yeah. Yeah. It was uh, February of 2020. Might have been January. End, end of, of January, January, probably. Yeah. What do you remember about the do – you, do you remember the play where you scored? I remember the whole game and all of the gamut of emotions that occurred in that last minute and a half. Like we were, I mean, it was just a phenomenal game all around. And, you know, we were a minute away from winning at that point to begin with. And then for them to score was, there was just like that initial 
gosh, that really sucks. Like, you know, you're kind of yeah. hanging out a little bit. Like you really felt like we were about to upset them already. Um, and then they scored. <clears throat> and I don't, there was nothing like unique feeling about going into the face off, but all of a sudden then I had the puck and when I saw it go in, I was like, Oh my goodness. And the way that that building erupted, like that's one thing that I'll never forget about my time in the PHF NWHL on the white caps was how amazing our fan support was, especially at Tria that building when that happened was like something I've never experienced. Like I'm sure that's what NHL players get to feel every time they score in a packed arena, you know, like, but for me, I'd never experienced something like that before. And it was just such a surreal emotion um, to, to be part of that game in general and, and have the crowd kind of roar like that. It was something I'll never forget for sure. Uh, you unfortunately we never got to see the the your team Minnesota play Boston in the in the final that year. Uh, Boston seems to think they would have won that. Did you did you ever have any discussions uh, <laughs> while you were around? Uh, oh yeah, we we year? went back and forth on that one all the time. And and what we have going for us is when we did play in the bubble, the very first game of that, who won? We did. Yep. yep. So. I mean, I think both sides are obviously going to say that they would have had it, but I'll I'll take it to my grave that I felt really confident about our group going into that week. Um, obviously, they had you know a a perfect season with a small blemish from us, um, and you can't take away what they accomplished that year. But the way that we were coming together at the right time, I I just felt really good about our chances in Boston. And again, obviously they had a phenomenal team and a phenomenal year and they feel the exact same way and nobody's ever going to know, but we did win the, the pseudo championship as the first <laughs> game of Lake Placid. So. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a shame. It's a shame. I mean, we got to see a rematch kind of um, in the, the ensuing final, but that really wasn't a season. It was like a two week jaunt and, and then a, a month and a half off or whatever it was. So. Um, we'll never know. Unfortunately, we'll never know. Um, I, I would have, I, I think, and I, and I think I had written, like, I think I did the three reasons why the Whitecaps would win and somebody else did three reasons why Boston would win. And, um, unfortunately we kind of got robbed of that. Thanks COVID. Um, <clears throat> finally, uh, Randy Dunstrom asks, and there's a picture <laughs> equipped, uh, oh, no. with this. Uh, Allie T, have you made a lot of fancy moves slash plays over the year? Why does this one rank at the top? Uh, For those who are listening and haven't seen this picture, you can look at it in the replies of the original post about this live Twitter space that's on a platform not called Twitter anymore. Um, Allie uh, looks like she's taking a picture of two women in the the foreground. and they kind, of, they kind of look blurry, but as you can see, the, the, the camera Allie's holding, it's a selfie with with her. And I'm assuming that's Randy as well, correct? Yeah, that's my uncle. Uh, that is a pro tip. If somebody ever asks you to take a picture, you just take a selfie while they smile. The, the women in the background were me and her cousin, Brittany. We were supposed okay. to get a lovely photo and they took a selfie instead. There was a lovely photo that came of that. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, that was that was good times. I thought originally he was asking about my dance moves, which are very subpar. Uh, very. We'll just I, leave. I find that hard to believe because you're like freaking good at anything, but uh, I, rhythm and me are not. They don't belong in the same sentence. It's 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 not good. I think at that exact wedding in question, at one point, my mom was like, what is it that you're doing out there? I was like, all right. <laughs> no chill. Uh, that's awesome. Uh, and for our listeners who maybe aren't familiar, you two have been friends for quite a long time, correct? And your families are kind of connected and everything? Yeah. So I've been best friends with Al's cousin, Brittany, since Brittany and I were 13. I won't tell you how long ago that was because that makes me feel very old. Um, but then, honestly, separately, like when Al and I, we both were on the Whitecaps team that went to Sweden. And I think that's kind of what spurred our friendship. So it's been fun. I've been adopted into the Thunstrom clan. Yeah. So when we're in, when it was funny when you were figuring out what names to call us, when we are with like, our group of friends now or in the family stuff i'm at at and then al's al so that's how we determine who's talking to who or sometimes we both just answer but it's been really cool like you know having the family connection and then everything else like it like you said we're sitting in my living room right now having you know some fun I'm being a barista and and other things. Um, so it's it's been really awesome, and it feels like having a sister. And then you know having my cousin Brittany and her best friend involved in it too. Uh, we have all our little group chats and everything, and we were both part of Brittany's wedding last year. So it really does just come full circle. But that's how hockey is. I feel like some of my best relationships have come from hockey, and that's part of what makes it so special. Well, you're a professional at everything and including kind of wrapping this up because you're going to kind of lead me into what I was going to say is is um, one of the things that I take away, like somebody asked, I don't remember who it was, you know, like what are, what are some of my big takeaways? Was it something that I covered or, or an event that happened or this, that or the other from the last eight years, we'll say, of, of covering the, the, the league? Um, my answer was it was it's like the relationships, it's the friendships that I've built with people like both of yourselves uh, with like Tara Hoffman and with Moose and uh, with, with a, a handful of other players I can go on and on about um, Allie Thunstrom, particularly like I, I felt like we really kind of uh, became closer through COVID and, and all that stuff and that you went through and um, I was kind of going through some stuff too. And, and I remember being down in Florida, taking care of my mom and talking to you. And then all of a sudden there was a, a the, the whole Lake Placid thing was happening. Uh, it's It's been, it feels like it's been, I've known you for more years than we actually do know each other. Um, and uh, shout out to not only your, your uncle, Randy, right? Uncle. Yep. Uh, also your dad, Mike, um, both on numerous times have reached out to me to, to thank me for the stuff that I've written, the, the, not just on you, but on the league um on on covering the league and and doing these kind of things uh whether it's articles or podcasts or whatever we're calling this um it's it's those are the the things that i'm going to take away the most and and 
um, try and keep that community like kind of going, like you said, right? Like uh, just because there's there's no hockey games anymore doesn't mean we're not going to talk to each other and those kind of things. It's just, oh, well, maybe for you there'll still be more hockey games. Um, I don't know. And I actually heard maybe Allie might might have thrown her hat in the ring. Uh, I heard you're not wearing a hat because you threw it in the ring, right, Allie? Maybe I may have thrown the hat today. We'll find out if we'll anything see. other uh, than silence comes to it. <laughs> there's there's a, a lot uh, a lot that's going to happen over the next couple of weeks, and I'm sure we'll talk about it. But I also want to make sure that we dedicate a lot of this to um, focusing more on the players and, and not just everything that's going on. Because, again, I think a lot of players like Allie, like uh, Christina Shanahan, who we had on a couple of weeks ago, or Lev or Cassidy Sauvey, uh, everybody has a cool and kind of unique story. Um, so having said that, we've been going for almost an hour and a half now. So I'm going to try and wrap this up as quickly as possible. Uh, once again, I want to, before I get into all of my rambling, Allie Thunstrom, thank you so much for joining us. Twitterless Allie Thunstrom, no more or Thanks. whatever. Uh, oh, I'm boring these days. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's it's awesome. It's always great to, to catch up with you and talk to you and um, hear your perspectives. Um, you're a great storyteller. I, I think anybody who listens to this is, is going to enjoy uh, hearing the, the stories that you've uh, retold. Um, anything you want to say before uh, we say goodnight? Yeah, just echoing thank you for having me. This was a super fun time uh, getting to get some of these laughs out and just connect. And I think you hit the nail on the head. Like the hockey community is so much more than just the games and, and what happens on the rink. Like exactly like you said, like you've been there for me in, in countless ways. And I know when, you know, things were happening and my mom got COVID and I was super scared about it. The number of people from the hockey community that reached out to me to to help in any way that they could, it just reinforces how great people in the community are and how tight knit it is. And I wouldn't trade any experience or any teammate for the world because they're most of them I'm still really good friends with and, and can count on at any time. Yeah. And, uh, Thanks again for, for being gracious with your time uh, and hanging out with Allie, letting, letting Allie kind of take over uh, your, your living room uh, or, or, you know, occupy your living room here for an hour and a half now. Jeez. Um, it's Allie's casa. It's perfect. <laughs> Allie squared. Uh, yeah. You guys can like open Allie. a little uh, co- uh, beach cabana or <laughs> a little beach <laughs> bar. Um Thanks again for, for hanging out. I'm just going to run through a couple of things and then we'll say goodbye myself. Um, everybody, if you're listening to this, obviously, I'm sure you know what the Ice Garden is. Uh, that's where we have all of our great articles. My most recent article was about uh, your, a friend of both of you, Jonna, Jonna Albers. I almost said Curtis. Um, still getting used to it. Uh, my most recent article was about how I think, and if you listen to the show in the past, you know I went on an expletive rant and I said why the fuck don't USA Hockey bring in John Albers ever like not once um, and even when they have like these exhibitions or camps or, or whatever's going on like they just I don't know it just seems silly to me you could read my thoughts on that on the ice garden uh, you can also read updates on all the news from today's PWHL introductory press conference uh, we have kind of the, the, the breakdown of, of uh, everything that was said and all the, the big bullet points. 
excuse me, we have a couple of, of articles up on that. We also have some other interesting stuff that you might be into. Uh, we have a couple of stories uh, from Meredith Foster on Team Ukraine's captain. Uh, and also uh, the New York Rangers hired uh, Angela Ruggiero to a hockey operations role recently. Um, they also hired Paul Mara uh, to, to be a, I forget what the, the title was now, uh, but Paul Mara, who was coach of the Boston Pride, Allie's coach last year, he's he's back with the New York Rangers, a team he played with. So uh, hopefully I run into him maybe at a Devils Rangers game. Who knows? Um, next couple of weeks, uh, next week, uh, no guest confirmed yet, but uh, working on, on a few things. I want to have maybe, um, as I mentioned, Taylor Kersey come on, Rebecca Morris. Uh, I'd love to get Tara on as well, Nate Oliver. Uh, CJ, I know CJ maybe still recovering from her three or four days with the cup. We have to get like all the details. They had like a whole day for her and everything. It was, if you follow CJ on social media, it was really cool to see um, all the, the different people tagging her and celebrating uh, her, the, the accomplishment of, of the Toronto Six and um, just a rock star person. So uh, if you're listening to this on podcast form, uh, whether it's Apple Music or Spotify, please subscribe to us. So if you miss an episode live, it'll come right into your your uh, phone listening device, iPads. I guess people can listen to them on iPads. I don't know. Um, I don't have one anymore. Um, you could subscribe. Like I said, you could rate us. Um, if you or anybody you know wants to kind of sponsor us, like we had a couple of ad reads from Migray earlier in the summer, um, just reach out to myself or Allie or Mike Murphy. Um, we're pretty easy to get a hold of. Um, and that's it. My name is Dan Rice. You can find me on Twitter and the Twitterverse. That's no longer Twitter at D Rice Hockey. D R. Uh, I guess people can read it a number of ways. Doctor Ice Hockey. D Rice Hockey. Um, however you want to figure it out. As I said, you can find Allie at Allie Morris. Um, I got to say goodbye because I'm going on a St. Louis Blues podcast in about 15 minutes to talk about the women's hockey news today that, frankly, I didn't get to, to follow live because I was working at a nut house. Um, but, but such is life. So um, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Sorry if you couldn't listen to us live. Um, unfortunate. We'll try and figure that out for next time. And thanks again to Allie Squared for hanging out. Good night, everybody.